Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. WGR. Here's the American dream. Dusty Rhodes and Dusty, your fans welcome you back, man. Sports Radio 550. I don't have to say a lot more about the way I feel about Sports Talk Saturday. No respect, no honor. There is no honor among these in the first place. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. You don't know what hard times are, Daddy. Hard times are when the textile workers around this country are out of work. They got four or five kids and can't pay their wages, can't buy their food. Hard times are when the auto workers are out of work and they tell them go home. And hard times are when a man has worked at a job 30 years. 30 years, they give him a watch, kick him in the butt, and say, hey, a computer took your place, daddy. That's our time. Want to talk to the guys on Sports Talk Saturday? Call or text us now. You put hard times on this country by taking Dusty Rhodes out. That's our time. Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. This music, you know what it means. Means it's the weekend. It's the freaking weekend. Last time I checked. That's right. Welcome in everybody. Happy Saturday. Weather has turned to what it, I guess, is supposed to be on November twelfth. The two and a half week period of late August weather is no longer with us, and we are now in the abyss where there are no leaves on the trees. In fact, no, they're not in the trees. They're on your vehicle. And did it rain last night? Sure. Now your vehicle looks like a mummified version of your vehicle because it just has wet leaves all over. There's nothing worse than wet leaves all over your vehicle. I just, I don't know why. It's, I don't know why it's so frustrating to me. It gets caught up and then it makes weird noises when you're driving. It's just, it's not good for anybody. Let's just put it that way. Um, yeah, so we're full into fall now, which I'm over. Well, I guess it's not true. We've been in fall. We're bordering winter now. We're like right up against winter. Climate change it's climate change is really cool for a couple of reasons. One is mass extinction, but the other one is well, certainly that um spring and fall just don't exist anymore. Yeah. It's gonna it's gonna be super cool when my kids get to explain to their kids like, yeah, so, so spring used to be this kind of like in between season where like everything would grow and it'd be kind of yeah. like mild outside, but not April really. Showers bring May flowers. Sure, yeah, and yeah. That, but it'll be like tell us about what spring was like because it doesn't exist. Yeah, instead it's just like wet summer. Yeah, basically. Yeah, like it's just really there's cool. no there's no transition periods anymore. I'm good 
with the fall, I think this is probably the best fall we've ever had. Yeah, because it's summer. Y- yeah. Yeah. Congrats. It was. I played golf last week, the week prior, and the week before that in 75. There was a, a full 10-day forecast in the month of uh, November that did not dip below 70 degrees. Yeah, that's wrong. That's amazing. <laughs> For 42 degrees north latitude, that's a mistake. That's, uh, it's good stuff. No, it's not. It's good. Long it's good, term, clean fun. Mm, long term, not great. Well, short term, great. No, well, short term, long term. You know, we're all we're we here. We we breathe. We leave. That's the way she goes. I might as while I'm here breathing, I might as well have some 70 degree November day so I can get some golfing. That's true. All right, fine. When you put it like that, I'm selfish. Like it's about it's me. It's about me and my golf game. What's Corey. the future? It doesn't exist. You're not here yet. Why should I care about my kids? Right. They I don't, don't even have any. They don't even pay taxes. They're not real people. <laughs> right. You have to wipe their butts. Not well, not anymore. Well, thank God. But eventually, at some point, though, you will unexpectedly have to wipe your child's butt at an unfortunate age. That's just how it goes. Is it? How do you know this? Ah, uh, experience. Really? Well, I was. I wasn't like you know seventeen or something. But you know, like nine. Do you want to start the show? <laughs> <laughs> the bikes are on. Like there's no, lights. So, on so this is. It is, oh, well, yeah, it's 11.04. See, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. I thought we were just having a conversation. Hang on. Um, wait, wait, hang on. I can restart the open. Okay, good. Yeah, restart this thing. Let's get this Evergreen, thing rekindled. <laughs> Dusty Rhodes and Dusty, your fans welcome you back, man. Sports Radio 550. I don't have to say a lot more. Okay, there you yeah, go. Yeah, no, that was good. We that was good because we had to restart the show because of me again. Um, but welcome in, everybody. We've got Sabres action tonight, Sabres-Bruins. That will go great, I'm sure. Um, what, the Bruins are 12-2 and two or something absurd like that? They are 12-2. and two. Um, Sabres are back to 500, and the October surprise one more time appears and feels to be October surprises should not really carry over into the month of November, December, January, February, March, or April. So, yeah, it would be cool to see if the Sabres could pull one out tonight against a very, very good Bruins team, um, but it has not looked good. They're, they desperately need Matthias Samuelson in the lineup, and even with, with him in the lineup, it does not really appear to me this defense, uh, the, this, this blue line has the goods to, uh, to be a playoff contender, and that's okay. Like, by the way, uh, these October games, they make you feel, hmm, you know, a little... Hmm. like a certain way, and you're like, oh, my expectations, they were so low. How could you possibly not exceed my expectations if they were so low? And then they play well in October, and you do the thing that you're not supposed to do that you tell yourself you're not going to do in, like, you know, September when the Sabre season starts. You're like, well, listen, my expectations are low, and I will not let a quick start, a hot start, change the expectations I have for this team. Well, we are dummies, and I am a dummy, because come on, like that's, of course, what you are going to do. You're going to change your expectation. They were like 7-2 and two or 7-3, and three, and I'm like, yep, this is a playoff team. Uh-huh. Well, look at, look at Eric Comrie. I mean, the guy standing on his head, 45, 48 saves or whatever he had earlier in the year, and now he lets up like four goals every single time he's out. So I know part of that's the defense and – what are you talking about, Geary? Stick to football. Yeah, no, I know. Like I, I tweeted out that it might be time for UPL, and I don't know how, regardless of his underlying numbers, Eric Comrie, that is, I understand he is seeing an unfortunate amount of odd man rushes. He is seeing break. I mean, Jack Eichel could have had five goals in that game on Thursday night. He did a good job on those two breakaways, stoning Jack Eichel. Um, but all in all, it just, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I look at the Sabres and I say, 
They're, they are right at where my expectations were in September, but man, they are falling short of the moved expectations that I had after their hot start, which again, my fault, not theirs, uh, and your fault for the people that also are with me that immediately changed their mind about what they thought this team was going to be because they got off to a hot start. But Tate Thompson, boy, that, good's, that guy's good at hockey. That guy can play. They just, you know, it is what it is. They, they, they could really use a lot of things. They could, they could use a lot of things. Vibes are still there, I think, right? I mean, the vibes are there. Do we know? Can we check in on vibes? We get a, pul- a pulse check on the vibes? Uh, uh, when we last spoke, we were we started talking like, has, have things been better in terms of the vibes? Sure. Yes, yes, yes. I remember. That was three games ago. Resounding. The answers are resounding yes. Because now the vibes are pensive. Yeah. Not great. No. No, things have gone rapidly downhill. Yes, they've gone downhill. But also, it's like this was the hard part of the schedule. I mean, make no mistake. Do you like that? Make no mistake. That's good. This is it. Um, But this stretch of games for the Sabres, their last five have been really like a a doozy other than the Coyotes. I mean, zero reason to lose 4-1 to that Coyotes team. That was bad. That was the – of all the games they're playing, that was the one that they – Really could, shouldn't lose. You actually Las, no. It's not as you shouldn't. You can't lose that. Las game. Vegas makes sense. Yep. Um, Bruins Hot. makes sense. Yep. Going on the road, losing the Florida and Tampa Bay. Sure. Hurricanes. Right. Absolutely. I mean, come on. I, I mean, yes. That yes. But like, no. You had to, you had to kill Arizona. You had to kill them dead, and it was just not there. And that's bad. That was bad. Yes. Yes. Indeed. But I digress. Sabres pregame starts right here. Yeah, 6 listen to that. Brian Kaziel. Yeah, the, turn it up now. That's right. Um, and uh, you can do that right here on WGR. Brian Koziel, Pat Malacaro, Paul Hamilton will be along 6 p.m. pregame, 7 p.m. puck drop, Sabres Bruins at KeyBank Center. So uh, if you want to get to the game, I'm sure there's still plenty of tickets. I've not been to a game yet this year. It'll, that'll happen soon. One of these, one of these Saturdays, which by the way they don't do this for a while. The Saturday afternoon matinee, that's, not till April. Yeah, like like this it's doesn't. Long it sucks. I'd, like those are my favorite games. Um, so I, I would have liked to do like a Saturday matinee coming up here. So it's unfortunate I will not be doing any of that. Uh, but I digress. Uh, let's talk a little bit about who I've got on for you today. Uh, obviously, Bills, Vikings. I had the chance earlier this week. I was on a podcast with Matthew Collar, and I learned a whole heck a lot uh, of a lot about this Minnesota Vikings team. So we'll talk a little bit about them here in the next uh, 10 minutes or so as we lead up to our first guest of the afternoon, NFL Network's Mike Giardi, uh, who's going to join us. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Josh Allen, uh, the injury concerns, this Vikings team, real, not real. We got John Price at... 1150 from sports information traders traders we did thank it you. thank you matt perino at noon new york upstate you know matt I don't, he needs no introduction uh 12 will parkinson he's a jets guy uh he is a uh he's got a podcast called turn on the jets um and we're going to talk to him about like what went wrong last weekend and what he likes about this jets team and what he thinks the jets did well defensively to slow down the bills offense so we're going to kind of dissect what happened in that game. That's with Will Mark Parkinson at 12.30. 1 o'clock, my man DJ Bienemy of ESPN. He covers the Houston Texans. We'll talk a little bit of Texans. I, I want to get the lowdown on Brandon Cooks. What the hell happened there um, last week and, and leading into the trade deadline? And then we'll talk a little bit about how they kept it close with the Eagles. Like, are are the Eagles, Eagles penetrable? It seems like they might be. Like, they don't seem like they're as shiny. Like, everybody talked about, well, the— 
the Bills lost to the Jets, and the Bills didn't play a particularly good second half against Green Bay, but no one's talking about that the Eagles had to play a four-quarter game against the worst team in football. You know, at the beginning of the season, the Bills were a favorite to win the Super Bowl, but not by a lot. And it made it seem like a lot of people at the top were kind of close to each other, and there was no one breakaway favorite. And that is starting to play out honestly, over the course of the year. Yeah. Uh, you can't predict injuries, which is what's been decimating the Bills so far. But Eagles seem gettable. Bills seem gettable. Chiefs are gettable. Like, everybody at the top seems gettable so far. There's no one team that seems like they can't be beat. Yeah, and you look at the AFC at large, and frankly, the AFC East, no one was going to predict the AFC East was the best division in football. AFC beast. Powerhouse. Yeah, I just, no one was ever going to predict something like that happen. Machine football coming out of the East Coast. Uh, the thing that I look at, and maybe I'm just slightly disappointed in too, is, is you know, you, you look at this, you look maybe just going back to last week, and like I said, we'll have Will Parkinson, we'll talk more Bills Jets from last week. The one area that, again, I, I think I found most frustrating about last week is, what was the talk? I mean, we were talking on this show, I was filling in on the, uh, like, Wednesday, Thursday last week with Bulldog, not this week, but the week of the Jets game. And what are, what are we all talking about? Well, Zach Wilson's like a game away from getting benched. Like his career's almost over as a starting quarterback. That was the conversation. And he goes out and has his most efficient game as a pro. Not he Don't get it twisted. Like Zach Wilson did not win them yeah, that football game. Yeah, congrats to Trent Edwards. It's a lot like how, listen, I've come a long way on Tua Tagovailoa. Like I, I have. I think he's a really good quarterback. Oh, he's yeah. looked very good. The growth between the two, there's no comparison. I, but I'll say this is... You know, I, I I made a note today, and I was like, you know, good for t- yesterday or two days ago. You know, his come-up's been real, uh, but he did it against the Bears and Lions in October, and it's going to be different than doing it against the 49ers, Bills, Jets, Chargers in December. I'm like, that's just the reality of it, and every Dolphins fan got so upset. Like, I'm like, can you people not take a compliment? I'm trying to say your quarterback has been much better than I thought he was, was going to be. It was backhanded. It was not backhanded. Yes, it was. No, it was not. Yes. It was, it was very you, much. If you qualify a compliment by saying, but... but But I'm just saying, but you have the next month when it matters the most in December where he hasn't really been able to do it yet in his career against very good teams. This is his opportunity to shut everybody up. That's the but for me. It's not, but you're not going to win in December. It's, but December is really where you're going to be judged. It's not in October, and it's not in games against the 32nd ranked passing defense and the 31st total defense in DVOA. You're just... I'm not taking as much stock in those games. He's looked good in them. I think the talk about Tua being carried by his wide receivers is largely overspoken about. I don't think that's true. I think they're very good receivers, much like I think Stephon Diggs a very good receiver. But I don't believe that Tua Tungavaiola is throwing five-yard out routes, five-yard in-breaking routes, and they're taking it 70 yards. That's not happening. If you watch the games, that is not happening. Yeah, he, his depth of target is pretty far yeah, down the field, isn't Yeah, he's number one in the league. Yeah, so he's airing it out. Yeah. Um, way better than way, Wilson. Way, way better. better. And honestly, when Allen really started to break through, it was in December. Yeah. That's when Al- Allen really transcended and, and the became reason, the top. And the reason people view Josh Allen the way they view Josh Allen is not because of what he does in September and October. We know it's not always sunshine and daisies in September, October, and even in November. But when December comes around, over the last three seasons, Josh Allen has taken his game to a new level and, frankly, played better than any quarterback ever in January. That's how you beat narratives. You don't beat narratives by beating the Lions. And that's all I was trying to say. And and in this, it's still a compliment. He's played darn well. You beat the teams you should beat. You put numbers up against the people 
you should put numbers up against. So, good. I'm glad. But, you know, take the compliment. Walk away, damn it. That's what I have to say about that. Um, so, yes, of course, talking to it. Got to talk to it. Got to get to it at some point here. Um, but overall, yeah, the AFC East has been an incredible, incredible, you know, for me anyways, an incredible test of, well, yes, the Patriots are in last place, which is, of course, a good thing. Because everybody hates Patriots. That's the one thing everybody here in Buffalo can agree. The, the the Patriots are just the worst team that you'd ever want to be in the playoff mix. So the fact that they're in last place, I think that's an incredibly important thing. Just for the psyche of us AFC Easters, or as Corey said, the AFC Beasters. So I look at this and I say, who is the true legitimate threat for this team? And for the Bills, I mean, of course. And I think the true legitimate threat for the Bills has to be the New York Jets. And yet, I don't view the Dolphins quite yet as a team that I say I'm I'm like overly scared of. And again, part of this conversation is Tua, right? But he has been the best part of this. And if you look at their defense right now, I mean, 27 points against the Miami Dolphins. 20, 28 points last week against the Bears. Um, we're not talking about world-beating offenses here. Now, Detroit's offense is pretty darn good. It's a, it's a good team. It's a good, it's a good offense, good offensive line. They've got good weapons. But they got shut out a couple weeks ago against the New England Patriots. So to say and, and to come in here that the Lions are, you know, I'm supposed to give a bunch of credit for the Dolphins just throwing all over the place on that Lions defense, a bad Lions defense, like literally the 32nd ranked. And then Dolphins fans were very quick to tell me that the Bears were the fifth best passing defense in football, but they were 31st in DVOA. So come on, you know, like let's let's just let's call a spade a spade. He's played better. The Jets, to, the, to me anyways, the Jets being the biggest threat to the AFC East for the Bills is simply because of how good their defense is. It can cover up so much, like it has, I think, to start the season. Their defense has been able to cover up, cover up the deficiencies of Zach Wilson. They've been able to cover up him being below average. Now, what he did in that Bills game last week is play at a very, very meh level. Very meh, very average. Which is a huge step for him. Like, him playing meh means, like, he didn't cost him the game. He didn't throw up three interceptions, one of which he was trying to throw away. None of that happened. So, yeah, I mean, I think the Jets are the most legitimate threat to the Bills in the AFC East. I don't think the Dolphins are far behind, though. Don't get me wrong on that. Like, the Dolphins are right there. But I'm going to give the really good defense, and, and maybe I'm talking about this from a, from a, a matchup perspective. The Bills... When they match up against Miami and Tua, I know that it didn't go well week you know week three in Miami. I like the Bills' offense to beat the Miami D, uh, the Miami offense in a head to head seven eight times out of ten. Whereas if the Bills go up against the New York Jets, the Jets just have to do enough not turn the football over. Their defense can win them a game, and it did last week. So that's why I look at the Jets and I say. What if what am I most fearing? Am I fearing a offensive battle against the Dolphins? No, I'm not. What I am fearing is a low-scoring, attention to detail, grindy out kind of game that the Jets played last week. That's how the Dolphins, by the way, though, played in week three. They grinded it out. They forced Josh Allen to, to be patient. Now, he was patient in that game. 63 attempts, 400 yards, right? He dinked and dunked his way down the field. He did not do that on Sunday. 
The New York Jets ran more deep coverages to take away the intermediate and deep balls than I've seen any team so far. The model to stop the Bills' downfield passing game was put on film last week on Sunday. Honestly, the game against the Dolphins feels far more fluky than the game against the Jets. 100%. Um, Because the the Bills had opportunities to win that game multiple times against the Dolphins and simply misexecuted. That's right. They were in position to win that game. It felt much further out of reach against the Jets. It did. Especially, I think, what maybe made me feel the worst about that Jets game, that last drive. Yeah. 97 yards, just down the field. You know they're running. You can't stop it. And that the Bills' strength this year was their defense. Their defense was great, and they are just hurt everywhere. Yeah. They took losses they couldn't sustain. They're out of, they're out of hide. Their Poyers really banged up. Super Milano banged was, up. Yes. Milano was out. Yep. Like, those are... Important things. They're important Deeply things. important things. Yes. Now Rousseau's out. Like, they're just... They keep getting hurt on the defensive side of the ball. They just keep getting hurt, period. Yeah. I mean, and this is... This goes back to a more fundamental conversation about last year, right? And the copium that everyone was taking was, well, this team's right there. They'll be back next year. And... What this year is proving is how flawed that mindset can be. When you are the healthiest team in football three years running, boy, it's like, it's like that meme of um, uh, the Grim Reaper knocking on everybody's door, right? And, ooh, got him, got him, now it's your turn. Like, the Bills have side-skirted the, the Reaper, the Gr- last name Reaper, first name Grim. Along came Polly. Anybody? Come on. Come on. San- that, was a, that was Sandy Lyle. Come on. Great. Anywho, um, good things, good things. Um, <laughs> it was I mean, come on, Along Came Polly is one of the greatest movies ever made. <laughs> one of the hands-down greatest movies ever made. Um, but I digress. Like, the injury bug was coming for the Bills. It was a matter of when. And for Bills fans to have brushed off what happened last year in the last 13 seconds of that AFC Divisional round, to say this lightly, the Bills... Really, no other AFC team. This also is a shot at the Chiefs for not taking care of the Bengals. They had the easiest run to the Super Bowl and to win a Super Bowl than any time that will likely ever happen again. That Rams team, look at them. Same team. Same team. They don't have OBJ, no doubt, but they didn't in the second half of that game either. They're not good. Like, they got hot, and their quarterback is playing good, and nobody could figure out how to stop Cooper Cup. Right? The Bengals? Holy cow. What are, the, what are the Chiefs? The Chiefs should have won that game 50 to nothing. And they beat themselves. None of this has to go this way. None. Because there's, I mean, there's three weeks here where the Bills can still win despite the injuries they've got. But, like, that creeping sense of dread. Yes. Of, well, like, something slipping away. It, it's just... The Bills are a lot better than they've... I mean, listen, you, you go back to the 20-year drought, of course. I mean, the vibes were as bad as they ever were in anything we've ever done here in the city. But because they haven't won it yet, they've gotten close, but they have not won it. They haven't gotten there in this era. Um, that dread creeps in because of history. So they need to break the history. You need to break the mold here. And last year could have gone like, you know, a long way in doing that. And I, I said this too, is they're in this window. And windows are, are, are not finite. No, that's why they're windows. Right. And next year could be very different. Could be hugely different. Maybe it's no Jordan Poyer. Who knows what happens with 
Tremaine Edmonds, I don't even want to get going on that. But, you know, what? who knows? Like, Stephon Diggs has been able to stay very healthy. You never know, right? And we Josh st- Allen. We still do not know exactly what is wrong with the quarterback. That's right. 803-0550 is the numbers to call. If you want to get a thought, if you want to get your thoughts in, give us a shout. We are going to take a timeout on the other side. NFL Network's Mike Giardi going to join the program. We're going to talk a little bit more about this AFC East at large. Get his thoughts on where we are with this Patriots team. Are the Jets really the second best team in this division? Mike Giardi is going to talk to me all about that. That's coming up next here on WGR. Sal Capaccio takes you behind the scenes on Buffalo Bills game day with Sal's All Access. Watch it live on WGR's Facebook page. Sal's All Access presented by Duncan. America runs on Duncan. See your local Upstate Honda dealer for our fuel-efficient lineup and reserve. Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. It's all football, all day, every Monday. Buffalo Bills Football Monday, brought to you by Northwest Bank. For what's next, get started at Northwest.com. All right, welcome back. Might as well be Buffalo Bills Football Saturday today because we're talking a lot of Bills. And uh, our first guest joining me on the Western Hotline, we're not going to just focus on the Bills this morning. We're going to talk a little bit about the AFC, AFC East at large, and to do that, is NFL Network's Mike Giardi joining me on the Western Hotline. Mike, good morning to you, my friend, and a pleasure having you on. Uh, thanks for having me. Of course, of course. So this AFC East, juggernaut, like everybody predicted, right? Everyone was talking about this AFC East being the best uh, division in football. Yeah, right. It was supposed to be the AFC West. That hasn't materialized. Somebody had to fill the void, and apparently it's uh, the, the East that's getting it done. The the beasts of the East, I guess. Um, let's start with last week's game, Mike. Um, you, know, you and I were kind of chit-chatting about it before we got on the show, but yeah, that, that New York Jets defense is a train. They're the real deal. Um, what did you see in that game, short of frustrating Josh Allen? And I think that's the one thing. I, you know, I don't think that you could look at Josh Allen and say, well, you blitz him, or um, you know, you've got to get pressure on him. I mean, he's the best quarterback in the league. His numbers, his, his, his advanced metrics against, the, against pressure is better than anybody in football. So 
it's not as black and white as say, well, you just got to pressure Josh Allen. Um, they frustrated him, and and I think when you can get Josh frustrated, that's really where he'll beat himself at times. What is that? Maybe what you saw a little bit too in that second half, particularly. Yeah, I mean, I thought I thought defensively the Jets did a phenomenal job. You know, a lot of variety of coverage, and you know, when you look at their corners in particular this year with Sauce Gardner, who's top ten, maybe top five. DJ Reed, who's flirting with top 10 as well that you say, well, they're just going to play man. Well, they, they didn't, they, they, they mixed it up. They gave a variety of coverages that really kind of threw the bills off. And then the other part of it really is when you can get pressure with four, it just makes your life so much easier. And the jets have that capability. I mean, they, they put so many resources into that defensive line and someone like Quinn and Williams, who's been, I said it, he's been, uh, the two best players I've seen in person mm. this year were T.J. Watt. That happened in week one, and then he got hurt, right? And he's coming back. But then Quinn and Williams, uh, Williams is unblockable, and he, he causes fits for teams. So when you can have four guys, and in particular someone who's that dominant, and Williams just kind of wreaking havoc up front, it really does change the calculus in terms of how you can defend this Bills offense that you know up until this point had been awesome. And I fully expect when Josh is right again for it to be awesome again. So, you know, I think you look at the second half of that Green Bay, that Sunday night game, and then you look at, you know, I want to maybe hone in on that final drive where the Jets just decided they wanted to run seven straight plays from their own three-yard line, and they made it all the way down to the red zone on those seven plays. Would you characterize the Bills as having a rush defense problem, or would you say that the last two weeks they faced two teams that maybe more so Green Bay was a surprise they were continuing to run the ball in the second half down multiple scores. That one I can toss away and maybe just defer to as the Bills weren't expecting them to throw or to run the football and they were defending the pass. And then last week, it's harder for me to get there. Like that's six straight quarters where this Bills defense has not looked good against the run. Yeah, I'm with you on the on the Packers game. Uh, you know, and Von Miller said it after that game. Like, well. I mean, if you want to keep running when you're down by 17, you know, okay, fine. Chew, go, go chew up seven, eight minutes to the clock. Like, obviously, they want to get off the field. They're not trying to allow yards. But it was like, well, if that's your strategy when you're down this much, we're not going to commit extra defenders in the box to stop you. You know, like, yeah. we'll let this play out. And if you take a seven-minute drive, you take a seven-minute drive. We're not, we're not worried that you're going you're gonna to beat us that way. But I think, to me, what's – what you can carry from that game that happened in the Jets game, obviously the LaFleur connection, so you know there were some shared thoughts and insights from, from one brother to the other in terms of how they approached the running game the Packers did and then how the Jets will. But to me now the, the question becomes, going forward, do they see more of those types of runs? Do they see more of that style? Yeah. And can they adapt to it? I think they clearly have the personnel and – you know, we heard from Leslie Frazier earlier this week, and it was like, you know, for the first six weeks, we were we were really good run defense. You know, so the the last two weeks haven't been what we believe we are, and now, you know, obviously this is the game where you, you got to fix it because Minnesota will they're going to test you, they're going to run, they're going to, and they are going to have absolutely some of those same runs. So, um, you know, can you give it an extra week here? Well, not an extra week, but given a week to prepare for it, are, are you more ready to? to handle what they're going to throw your way. And if they can't handle it this week, then I think you might have a real certified issue on your hands. Like, okay, well, now that's three weeks in a row, and you could write off the first one, but now you can't write off the next two. So 
what are we going to be here, fellas? Yeah, and listen, I, I think part of it, too, and, and part of their issues last year when you looked at them against the run was that you felt like the interior of their defensive line wasn't big enough. It wasn't physical enough at the point of attack, and they addressed some of those things, Mike. Like, they go out, they sign um, Daquan, John, or Daquan Jones, who, coming into the last couple of games, you look at some of the advanced metric, Ben Baldwin's um, you know, charts, like, he had one of the highest double-team rates in football and one of the better success rates against double-teams. So this this was one of, if not the best, defense against the run going into the second half of that Green Bay game, and it's sort of deteriorated since then, but the personnel hasn't really changed. Now, they didn't have Matt Milano last week. That has to be on top of your mind, right, Mike? Not having Matt Milano, who I think has really emerged as one of the league's best you know, non-Mike linebackers, like outside linebackers. Maybe he's not talked about in that light, but man, if you throw on, throw on the film of a Bills game and watch this defense, it's hard not to catch 58 in your eye. Well, I mean, I thought the first month of the season, and this is not a knock on what's happened since, obviously dealing with some physical stuff is, you know, kind of tends to be the case with Matt. But, like, I thought the first month of the year, I don't know that there was a linebacker playing any better football, whether you're Mike, Sam, Will, like that. He just was playing at an incredible level, um, diagnosing. He's so quick. Like, it, there's pretty much nothing he can't do. So not having him, obviously, that's going to hurt. But I think your point was, you know, that – I thought the interior of the defensive line really struggled last week, but also like, look, Vaughn's been good against the run. You obviously not. That's not what he was brought here for, but he sure. plays it well. He didn't play it very well last week. So, you know, I think it was just a combo platter of, you know, guys just didn't have their best days. Um, and again, we'll see now if that's going to be attributed to scheme because you're going to see it again this week, or if it was just, Hey, it's just one of those days where we just didn't have, we didn't have it. We got NFL reporter Mike Giardi here on our Western Hotline of NFL Network talking some AFC East football. I know you were uh, kind of honing in this week on the Jets. Let's talk a little bit about that team um, from the offensive side of the ball. And and again, I think the disappointing part if you're a Bills fan is really all week. You know, we talked to. I mean, countless number of Jets reporters, guys that are podcasts or whatever that that cover the team. And the consensus was this feels like a crossroads with with Zach Wilson. Like he has that Patriots performance. He throws three interceptions against Belichick. And then all week here in Buffalo, you heard all of and Josh Allen even mentioned this like. The three-interception game in 2019 was when it clicked for Josh Allen against the Patriots. And I'm not here to tell you that Zach Wilson had a Josh Allen coming-to-Jesus moment last week um, or two weeks ago against the Patriots, but he certainly looked like a different player that was playing with way, way more composure in that Bills game. He didn't make the big mistake, and I think everybody was probably waiting for it. Uh, Yeah, there's no question, especially based on his performance against the Patriots, and I was there live and in person for that one. And that's that was pretty bad. Um, and you look at you know just go go queue up the three interceptions in that game, and you say to yourself, who were you throwing to? Why were you throwing it? What I mean, just like mind-boggling uh, decisions by him. And there was one in particular, the the second McCourty inter- Well, maybe it was the second. Whatever. It was one on the sidelines where he, he got trying to throw it out. away, right? Yeah. And, yep. and and Zach put his hands to his head like what did I just do? And you don't normally see that sort of incredible reaction from a player like that. You're normally say, okay, get back to the thing. Let's look at the pictures. Let's see him try to sort this out. But he was, he was a beaten man in that moment. And I'll give, I'll give the jets credit, you know, standing strong with him. Cause there were a lot of questions about, do you go to Mike white? You know, Mike white overtook Joe Flacco as the number two. Do you go to Mike white? Uh, what, what are you thinking? And Nope, Nope. We got our guy. We back our guy. 
And I think they just kind of hammered home the point, man. Zach, we're really good on defense, and we're going to run the ball. Just don't screw it up. And and he and but he did a good job of that, right? And there were yeah. a couple big throws in there. But I also thought just the decision making was so much better. I mean, it was like night and day between the week before, you know, when to run, when not to run. He wasn't doing the thing where, as I said, like after watching that Pats game over again, he drifted more in the pocket than any quarterback I can remember in I don't even know how many years. Like, it was that bad. Like, dude, you don't even there, – there's no pressure. Where, where are you going? Why are you drifting to your right? Why are, you, why are you now all of a sudden 12 yards behind the line of scrimmage when there was no reason to be um, and then throwing off balance? And in that game, it was more like just stick to the pocket, stick to your reads. If it's not there, throw it away, get down, or take off. And he had a couple big runs in that game, and he had a couple big throws. But more importantly, just did not make the bad, you know. I mean, I know he had the fumble on the strip sack, which they recovered, right? Or did they recover? Yeah, yeah, no. No, uh, yeah, no, the Bills. That was the one where it should have been an inter- – uh, it was the first drive coming out of the second half. It was the simultaneous possession with Tr- yeah. with Tra- uh, Tremaine Edmonds, which should have been an interception that wasn't called. Then a couple of plays later, Von Miller gets the strip sack. Yep. But so, okay, bad series. But then wh- where do you go from a bad series? Yep. He, he didn't go in the tank. So I think – that's credit to him, you know, having some, some mental toughness to kind of get through this and not say, oh, here, here we go again. And just I think they're, they did a good job as a team and as a coaching staff of sort of rebuilding his confidence and just saying, hey, stay on task, man. You're, you're going to be okay. we got people around you. And, yeah, it was, it was a good moment for them. Like you said, it wasn't, it wasn't, there was no come-to-Jesus moment there. He didn't, he didn't all of a sudden now we're not going to be like, oh, my God, that was the time where Zach Wilson <laughs> all of a sudden elevated to become a top-10 quarterback. But it was a good moment for him, and now we'll see you know, if he can build on it going forward. It was the decisiveness, I think, for me, Mike, like yep. him getting rid of the football on time, on target, in, on schedule, right? And, and he, everybody looked at him coming out as, well, this is, this is in the same vein, the same light as Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. But where Josh and, I think, Patrick started to make their rise, of course, they had those off-schedule stuff. Of course, and they do that better than anybody in football. But they were able to win on schedule first, and then because they were able to win on schedule, the off-schedule stuff became that much more potent. And and I think that's kind of where Zach needs to get to it. He needs to learn how to play within the confines in the offense. And when he can do that, and teams have to then defend every blade of grass, that's really where his off-schedule stuff could be a real weapon for him in that offense. Yeah, no question. And you look, uh, there was a throw. He hit um, Garrett Wilson on a slant, and he had pressure on his face. And it wasn't anything egregious, but he stood in the pocket and then he dropped the arm angle down and he threw just an absolute laser. And look, Wilson was open. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a tight window throw, but it was, but he put it right on the mark. And it was just one of those things you say, like, this is why he went number two. These are some of the things that he can do that other guys can't do. But it's, again, it's about putting it all together. And, um, you know, he'll have a huge challenge next weekend. Patriots in Foxborough. So you're just a couple weeks removed from that nightmare. You know, are you going to be seeing ghosts again? You know, is Belichick going to cook up something for him? uh, Or is he just going to melt down in that situation? If he doesn't, you know, the conversation once again moves. You go, oh, Buffalo, you know, gets it done. And then can he get it done against New England? Then, you know, again, the calculus of all that will change about how we view the the Jets and, uh, you know, what they look like here in the 
back into November and December. I don't know if you're a Stranger Things fan, but if we're, we're 100% in the upside down because what we're talking about here are the last place New England Patriots, Mike. Thoughts just on where they are um, as a disappointing start to the season, the Bailey Zappi thing, and now it looks like Mac Jones is sort of firmly back in his position as a starter. Where are they? I mean, defensively, it looks very good. Offensively, still a work in progress. I would say beyond a work in progress. I would say the offense is broken, and I don't know that it is fixable with the current regime that's coaching Mac and just on where Mac is right now. And it's been uh, something we sort of raised the questions about Bill Belichick turning to Matt Patricia as the offensive coordinator um, without having been an offensive coach since 2005. In 2005, he was an assistant offensive line coach. You know, the, oh, good coach is a good coach. That was, the you know, one of their defenses for it. Um, oh, the defensive mindset that he'll bring, like sure. he knows how defenses are going to think. <laughs> well, I'm not – I didn't play quarterback in this league, but I've heard from plenty of quarterbacks that are either current players or are out of the league and do, you know, the broadcast thing, who look at that offense and say it is way too simple, it is way too boring, and they have no easy buttons. They have no answers. And when you put all those things together – with what I think is a competent group, but not there's no one in that offense other than Ramondre Stevenson that you go, wow, that guy could take it to the house on one play. Oh, you know, sure, Nelson Aguilar, not, not I mean, he's a below-average receiver. Devontae Parker can never stay on the field. Um, their tight ends that they spent a million dollars on have been basically non-factors this season. And I keep coming back to that decision to go with this coaching staff and to sort of spend all this time working on the zone running stuff, but then getting to the season and realizing we don't do this well at all, and then scrapping it. <laughs> so you spent you know a, a hard month in, in training camp in particular, like this was going to be your thing. And then you get to the season and you're like, yeah, so about that, fellas. We practiced this, and now we don't do it. Sounds like my son's high school coach does. You know, hey, we're going to throw right. the ball this week, guys. We put all these packages, and then when the game starts – quarterback run right quarterback run left quarterback run up the middle repeat you know so that that's been shocking to me and i think max not in a good place you know um and i don't know if you can rebuild his confidence i'm i I think the game coming out of his bye against the jets again they're playing that's a really good defense i think it's a top five defense so i'm not expecting them to go score 30 but like show me that you have some answers when you've given yourself an opportunity to sort of self-scout and say what do we do well because i I don't know that there is anything they do well, but let's hone in on those things, whatever those things are, and let's let's bring those to the table here in the second half of the season. Otherwise, you know they're a they're a below average offense, and uh, you know the defense is good, but the the defense also hasn't faced Josh Allen yet. You know the, they haven't faced some of the Joe Burrow comes into town. Um, you know even the Thanksgiving night in Minnesota that will be a challenge for them, and I don't know that their offense is able to elevate to the point where they can get into the 20s and the defense can hold it down for them. All right, Mike, I appreciate you, man. Thanks for the AFC East outlook here. Uh, Enjoy the weekend slate of games, maybe some college football today for you as well. I appreciate your time. Anytime, my man. Thanks, my friend. Mike Giardi there of NFL Network. Going to take a time out on the other side. John Price going to go over this weekend's games and the matchups. The big lines for today, college football starts here in about 15 minutes. We'll talk that and more with John Price on the other side. You're listening Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. 
Catch the Football Friday Roundtable every Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. with Chopin the Bulldog. Brought to you by Dunn Tire, official tire dealer of the Buffalo Bills. The following has been furnished by Sports Information Traders. All right, everybody, welcome back to Sports Talk Saturday. Joining us for his weekly segment with the latest on the current odds for tonight's games and this weekend's matchups is John Price from Sports Information Traders. Good morning to you, John. Good morning. Are we ready for a busy, busy football weekend? In 10 minutes, uh, all the games, early games, get set in uh, college football. And, of course, we'll travel through today into the NFL tomorrow. And We'll talk about the Bills game here in just a moment. But what we've been talking about on the radio here each week is opportunity. And the opportunities have been there. The discrepancies in the lines have been there each and every week. And as a company, we are capitalizing on it each and every week. We have a game this week, and I'm looking at it now. It's an underdog play. We're going to be on it again. And this is a play that is available to all brand-new clients in Buffalo. If you're listening to my voice, it is available to you. You can purchase it at our website, sportsinformationtraders.com. Again, it's sportsinformationtraders.com. This could be your first bet of the year. This could be your 50th bet of the year. Clear your schedule. Make time for this game. This is going to be your opportunity. Everybody's wagering in sports right now. It's, it's, it's all over. You could be a hobby player. You could be a big investor player. You can be a parlay player. I see the statistics in Buffalo. Everybody is betting on sports some way or another. Let us help you with this play. We're going to play an underdog on the money line, and with the points. Collectively, it will be our biggest football bet of the year. It's happening this weekend, and that play, called the Vegas Mistake, is available to you. Again, right now, you can purchase it at our website, sportsinformationtraders.com. When you click on it and you buy it, one of my analysts will reach out to you, make sure you're on the play accurately, discuss with you what you would normally wager on games or what you want to put on the games, and we'll manage you through the play so that it works to your favor, go to sportsinformationtraders.com. You know, John, in, in the same vein of talking about this Bills-Vikings matchup, which is now at minus 3.5 for the Bills going into Sunday's game, I'm always asked by people when, when we talk about sports betting, like, oh, well, Vegas knows if a guy's playing or if they're not. Like, and it'll reflect it in the numbers. Well, if the numbers do reflect it, I mean, starting the week, I think it opened at, what, like a 10.5, 10-point 10 spread, and it's down to a 3.5-point spread. The idea that maybe Vegas knows something that we don't, what, what is the idea? of that and, and and do you buy into that like like maybe others do vegas had no idea that josh allen's injury was that severe no idea they opened the line at eight and a half points bills minus eight and a half typically the lines will come out on sundays for nfl games and at the time you know the bills had just lost to the jets there wasn't a whole lot of discussion about the severity of josh allen's injury he played through the injury so I don't believe oddsmakers had any idea, uh, other than him bumping his elbow, that there was anything worth being concerned about. If they had, what you would have seen is no lineup there. That's what typically happens. When, when oddsmakers don't know what's going to happen with a pivotal player, they will wait to post the line, and you won't be able to get on the play. But they posted minus 8.5, so they had no idea. As soon as the public saw that, they chewed up those points. It's now down to minus three and a half. And I know everybody in, in Buffalo watched the game last week. The Bills are now four, three, and one uh, against the spread. 
I mentioned this during the weekday show, and I'm going to say this again. I look at tomorrow's game as not being the most important thing that the Bills need to focus on. I know that the Dolphins and I know that the, the other teams in the division have done fairly well, but this is an NFC matchup for the Bills. They've got six AFC games left. They've got four divisional opponents left. They still control their own destiny regardless of what happens tomorrow. So I've been saying all week for people who have asked me, I don't mind if he misses tomorrow. And even if they lose, they have it all on their plate, and they need him for the marathon, not the sprint. As for the Vikings, they come back with a win over the Commanders. They've won six in a row. They're not very good against the spread. Three, four, and one. I really think you got to look at the total here. It's been floating around all week. When I went on the show in the middle of the week, the total was at 44. I think it's around 42 right now. The under is 7-1 and one in Bill's games this year. If Josh Allen is not playing, it's definitely going under. If he is, he'll be limited. I'll take the under 44 points in the Bills-Vikings football game. And I know everybody in Buffalo wants to see a win every week, but it's an <laughs> NFC opponent. And I'll tell you what, if you told me he would miss this week but be ready for the rest of the season and they would lose this week, I would take it. Uh, back to what we're doing. We've got a very big underdog play that we are excited about, that I'm already on, that our clients are on, that you can be on too. You can purchase that play right now at our website, sportsinformationtraders.com. Very simple. You buy it right there. It's only $79. We do that on purpose. There's no qualifying here. I don't care if you bet 1000 a game. Nothing changes. You will be on the play with the rest of us, and one of my analysts will reach out to you and manage you through the play so that you're on top of it. And this weekend, it's happening, folks. This is a great opportunity for you. Tomorrow, the Bills play. Focus on this play for today. Go to sportsinformationtraders.com. Thanks so much, John. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll chat with you next week. All right. Thank you. All right. John Price there of Sports Information Traders. The preceding has been furnished by Sports Information Traders. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device. Credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.